God's Word, as it's found at the end of the book of Psalms, uh, we read earlier Psalm 148, so I'm going to begin our reading tonight at Psalm 149, and then we will read through Psalm 150. Uh, beginning with Psalm 149, verse 1, what we hear now is God's Word. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, His praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his Maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their King. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exalt in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written, this is honor for all his godly ones, praise the Lord. Psalm 150, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, tonight we come to the end of our study of the Psalms. Uh, we have spent a number of weeks together looking at various parts of the Psalter. And the children, I'm sure you already know by now, having heard me say it many times, uh, that the Psalter begins with an introduction, Psalms 1 and 2. Uh, Psalm 1 tells us what the Psalter is about, about the two ways, the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. Psalm 2 tells us whom the Psalter is about. It is about God's anointed, Jesus Christ. Then we looked at um, three main types of psalms that I suggested somewhat follow the cycle of our life. There were the hymns of praise. How do we praise God when things are going well? Then there were the laments. How do we praise God when things are not going well? How do we turn to Him and call out to Him? And when God hears us and answers, we have the psalms of thanksgiving to thank him for what he has done. We looked at uh, three what I called subtypes of psalms. The subtype of the hymns was the creation psalm, uh, praising God for his work in creation. The subtype of the lament was the penitential psalm, focusing particularly on our sin, calling out to God for forgiveness. And the subtype of the th psalm of thanksgiving was the psalm of assurance, 
knowing God is in control. We looked at a couple particular psalms. We looked at the messianic, or what I call the enthronement psalms, that focus on the kingship of Jesus Christ. And last time, uh, we looked at the imprecatory psalms, those psalms which call down curses upon God's enemies. Tonight, we come to the end of the Psalter. And throughout the Psalter, we have seen ways in which to praise God in these various parts of our lives. At the end of the Psalter, it's as if the psalmist wants to simply give us unbounded praise. Again and again, he says, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. There is, there is movement throughout the Psalter, just as there is movement in our lives. At the beginning of the Psalter, we have many of the laments. Many of them find themselves at the beginning. And the Psalms move to the end where we have psalm after psalm after psalm of praise. That movement from lament to praise. We have not talked a lot about the book structure of the Psalter. I mentioned this the very first sermon, that there are five different books uh, within the 150 Psalms. And each of those books ends with a doxology. At the end of book one, that is Psalm 41, verse 13, the psalmist says, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Book one ends with a doxology. Book two ends in Psalm 72, verse 18, a little bit longer doxology. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Book two ends with a doxology. Book three in Psalm 89 ends with a shorter doxology. Verse 52, blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. And once again in verse four, uh, excuse me, book four, the end of book four. This is Psalm 106, verse 48. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Let all the people say amen. Praise the Lord. Each book ends with a, a doxology. And then at the end of book five, the psalmist just stacks up ways of giving praise to God. And the last five psalms of this book are really psalms of praise to God. I would suggest that the last three psalms, 148, 149, and 150, uh, really belong together. Uh, these psalms are a package. They, they close out the Psalter by once again reminding us of three things. Psalm 148 reminds us who is to praise God. Psalm 149 reminds us why we are to praise God. And Psalm 150, how we are to praise God. 
So we finish our study of the Psalms by looking at this final doxology from Psalms 148, 149, and 150. Who is to praise God? In Psalm 148, uh, there is a call uh, to all creation to bring God praise. But that psalm is actually divided into two parts. God is to be praised from the heavens, and He is to be praised from the earth. And of course, all things in between. We've talked about that. He's to be praised from the heavens and praised from the earth. First of all, God is to be praised from the heavens. Verse 1 of Psalm 148, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. The heavenly beings are called to bring praise to God. As God sits enthroned in His heavenly court, with the angels around him, they are called to bring him praise. The angels' children. Think of how glorious angels are. If an angel appeared to us, glorious and brilliant and majestic, we'd say, wow, look at that, there's an angel. Even these glorious beings, when they are in the presence of God, they bring him glory. They bring him glory praise. The heavenly beings called to bring praise to God. Verse 3, praise him sun and moon. Praise him all you shining stars. Praise him you highest heavens. Praise him you waters above the heavens. Not only the heavenly beings, but the heavenly bodies. Those things which God has created. The sun and the moon and the stars, the highest heavens bringing praise to God. These, these, these luminaries, these things which give light upon the earth, are called to bring God praise. It's as if the, um, the psalmist could anticipate what would be pagan man's natural response to these luminaries. How often wouldn't the pagans worship the sun, worship the moon, worship the stars? They would think that they were uh, in control of all things, and so they'd sacrifice to the sun and sacrifice to the moon. These heavenly objects, these heavenly bodies are called to bring God praise. And you say, well, isn't it wonderful today? We are past that, past thinking that the sun and the moon and the stars are somehow in control. I'm not sure we are past that. How many people wouldn't think of walking out their door before they check their horoscope in the morning, thinking that somehow the movement of the stars will direct the course of their life? No, these heavenly bodies, sun and moon and stars, called to give praise to God. Psalmist goes on, verse 5, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created, and He established them forever and ever. He gave a decree, and it shall not pass away. The heavens firmly established, reminding that God has has firmly established the earth, and he will continue by his providential care to watch over that which he has created. 
Nothing happens by chance. Our God is in control. Even now, God remains, for he has given a command, a statute. He has established the earth and will continue to watch over and care for it. Praise God from the heavens. This is who is to bring praise. Then the psalmist transitions, verse 7. Praise God from the earth. And now he is going to call forth earth creatures to bring their praise to God. First, the sea creatures. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps. Uh, you know how much I love um, going to Disneyland. That's one of my favorite places to go. But we also love going to SeaWorld. And you see all these different types of sea creatures. You see the, the huge whales and, and the octopus and the shrimp and the fish and the urchins and all these different types of creatures. The psalm says all of them, all these sea creatures called to bring praise to God. The sea creatures bring him praise. Verse 10, the land creatures, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, all the beasts, all the birds, all that God has created are to bring praise to him. In fact, the psalmist goes so far as to say, even in verse 9, the mountains and the hills, the fruit trees and all cedars, the, the plants, the rocks bring praise to God. Beyond that, even even the climate itself, verse 8, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. The seasons themselves bring God praise, for they are under his control. Praise God from the earth, for he is the God who watches over the earth, protects the earth, cares for the earth. And then the psalmist reminds us, not only all the sea creatures, the land creatures, the plants, the hills, but mankind. Mankind is to praise God. Verse 11, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth. The kings, the princes, called to bring praise to God. And we say, that, that, that's fitting, that's right, because they're the rulers, they're the great ones. Not only the kings and the princes, but the next verse, young men, maidens together, old men and children. All of us. All of us called to bring praise to God. Children, you as well. The psalmist singles you out. Not only the old, but also the children called to bring praise. Praise God from the earth. And he concludes this psalm, verse 13, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him, praise the Lord. The psalmist says he has raised up a horn. A horn is a picture of strength, of God's power, what he does for his people. And these verses then anticipate uh, the psalm that follows, Psalm 149, why it is we praise God. So who are to praise God? All things in heaven and all things on earth. Why are we to praise God? Verse, uh, psalm 149, verse 1. Praise the Lord. 
Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker, and the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Why do we praise God? Because he is the redeemer of his people. He has chosen a people for his very own. Let Israel be glad in his maker. The children of Zion rejoice in their king. We who were far off, we who were not by nature sons and daughters of God, God has brought us in and he has made us his children. He does this through his anointed son, through the chosen one, Jesus Christ. In him we are brought in. In him we are those who are the children of Zion, who rejoice in our king. Why do we praise God? Because he has brought us in. Jesus Christ made us his own by the power of his death, by the shedding of his blood. And he continues to do that work today. God continues to draw his people in. And tonight, once again, the call of the gospel goes out. Uh, do not live for yourself. Do not try to save yourself. Put your trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. He alone is the one who can secure you in this life and in the life to come. Sing praise to the Lord, a new song. His praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. The children of Zion rejoice in their king. For he has raised up a horn, a horn of salvation for each and every one of his own. The psalmist says in verse 4, For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Why do we praise God? Because he takes pleasure in his people and particularly takes pleasure in the praises of his people. As we read earlier tonight, it is right, it is fitting, it is proper for us to praise. Someone who, who, who claims to be a Christian and does not want to praise God is, is simply an anomaly. It makes no sense. We've been saved, redeemed, given new life. Praise is our necessary response to God. Praising Him for who He is. Praising Him for what He has done. That He has rescued us from the depths of sin. The Lord takes pleasure in His people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Next verse. Let the godly exalt in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. We praise God as we get up in the morning. We praise God as we go to bed at night. We exalt Him at all times because He has taken pleasure in those whom He has called His own, in His children. Why do we praise God? He's the Redeemer of His people. And then the psalm gives us a second reason to praise God. In verse 6, Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, 
to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written. Now I hope, after our study of the imprecatory psalms, this language doesn't jar you quite as much. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and a two-edged sword in their hands. Remember, the imprecatory psalms are not about personal vengeance, but they are about, about an, a, 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 a hatred towards God's enemies, not our own enemies, towards God's enemies. And we saw that, that God will vindicate himself. So why do we praise God? Because he's the redeemer of his people, and he is the judge of the world. He comes as the righteous judge. And he takes that, that two-edged sword to execute vengeance on the nations, punishment on the peoples, to bind the kings with chains, their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written. We saw that when God comes in judgment, when God comes to vindicate himself, he does that in one of two ways. Either by confronting those who would stand against him with the power of his word and spirit and converting them, and their arrows are blunted. But if not, through the righteous execution of his judgment to rightly condemn them. God either converts or condemns. And both bring glory to him. For they highlight not only his mercy, but also his justice. Why do we praise God? He is the redeemer of his people. He is the judge of the world. And then finally, how is it that we are to praise God and Psalm 150 gives us some direction in that. Psalm 150, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. The how question is connected with the where question. Where do we praise God? We praise him in his sanctuary. Now certainly when we think of sanctuary, we think of the church and the sanctuary of the church, and that's certainly true. But God's praise is not limited to the sanctuary of the church. All creation is his sanctuary. In all creation, he is in control in every part of our lives. So that means in every part of our lives, we are called to praise him. Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness. Verse 2 reaches back to 149. Again, these belong together. Reaches back, praise him for what he has done. And then goes on in verses 3 to 5, with what do we praise our God? Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. And, and there have been some who, uh, in my reading this past week, who have, uh, I think, attempted to over-exegete at this part of the text, and trying to uh, focus on one particular meaning for each of these different instruments. I don't think that's the point of the psalmist here. 
He's saying, praise God with the whole orchestra. Praise God with everything that we have. This is how we are to praise Him. We are to praise Him in every part of our life. We're to praise Him in our home life. We're to praise Him in our marriages as husbands and wives. We're to praise Him as we raise our children in the fear of the Lord. We're to praise Him in our work, in our vocation, using the skills, the gifts, talents that God has provided for His glory, first of all. We're to praise Him in our education, being instructed in the glories of of the world that God has made, done in the light of His holy word. Praise Him with everything we have in every part of our life. Praise Him every day. Not just on Sunday. Not just an hour on Sunday morning, an hour on Sunday evening. Not just the entire Lord's Day, but praise Him throughout the week. Giving praise to Him. Praise Him with every part of our being. Heart, soul, mind, strength. With everything we have. We are called to bring praise to God. And so the psalmist concludes this way, verse 6, a fitting conclusion to this psalm, a fitting conclusion to the Psalter. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Undying, unbounded praise. At all times, in all places. Praise is to be our natural language. And and, and in the Psalter, we are given tools to praise God. When things are going well, the hymns. In times of difficulty, the, the, the laments we take on our lips, still finding a way to praise God through the difficulty. And when He hears us, the songs of thanksgiving, Praising God for for His glory in creation, for His kingship in His Son, Jesus Christ. Praising God when He manifests not only His mercy, but also His justice. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise in good times and in difficult times. Praise from adults and praise from children. Let everything that has breath, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let's pray together.